there's only two ways out of the game. Like, it's you're either going to die or you're going to end up in jail. Ex-gang members speak out as Metro Vancouver gun violence heats up. Plus. But you know, when you do something wrong, it helps if you apologize. Strong reaction after a former B.C. judge is handcuffed at a Vancouver beach. They're killing our children, bombing civilians. And thousands demonstrate in downtown Vancouver as the Middle East conflict hits too close to home. You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening and thanks for joining us. I'm Neetu Garcha. We're hearing tonight from a retired B.C. judge who was detained by Vancouver police while walking on the seawall on Friday. It seems Selwyn Romilly was racially profiled when he was mistaken for a black suspect accused of causing a disturbance. The VPD has apologized, but as Julia Foy reports, there's growing concern not only about the incident itself, but how police have handled that apology. It was a warm spring morning, and retired Judge Selwyn Romilly was out for his daily walk around the seawall when he was suddenly surrounded by four Vancouver police officers. One of the officers got out and uh, said that um, they, they received a complaint from someone outside my description. The VPD says calls came in about a black male in his 40s or 50s yelling and lashing out at people. Police moved in on Justice Romilly, who is 81 years old. I was handcuffed for about a minute. And it was embarrassing because it's a public place. Uh, and, uh, you know, that place is really busy at that time of the morning. VPD says he was handcuffed for officer safety. Romilly doesn't buy it. I hate to say racial profiling, but I can't help but think if it's an 81-year-old white man... Uh, regardless of whether I fit the description or not, they wouldn't have put him in handcuffs. Global News reached out for comment from the VPD. A VPD patrol supervisor contacted the man who had been detained, offered an explanation and apology, and advised him the proper process should he wish to file a complaint. The mayor of Vancouver is upset. I was appalled by the wrongful handcuffing and detainment of retired Justice Selwyn Romilly and have reached out to apologize. I spoke to the mayor last night. The mayor called in order to personally express his apologies to Judge Romilly. And he wanted Judge Romilly's telephone number and I gave it to him. And those are the things that need to be done if we're going to achieve confidence in our policing system. The BIPOC community is outraged. It went through the black community like a lightning rod because it continues to be the way we're treated and we have been talking about this so long. I have to say it brought me close to tears because it makes me so very, very sad. Both Jerome and Francis say this is an example of why the Black Lives Matter movement is important. The VPD needs to understand that this is not a private matter that this is now a public matter and of great concern to the black community. Romilly worries about youth getting hurt if they're confronted in the same way he was. And I know my rights, but I forget. I don't want to antagonize anybody. They tell me put my hands behind my back. I put it, I did it, and, and that was it. You know, how do you really explain that to black kids? VPD says the suspect was taken into custody after Romilly was detained. But Opal thinks there's more to be said. A lot of our problems 
in relationships between the police and the public would be resolved if the police would just stand back and apologize. Julia Foy, Global News. Now to the upsurge in gang violence on the Lower Mainland as everyone searches for answers that will stop the carnage. Our Nadia Stewart speaks with two former gang members about what they think it will take to get gangsters to leave that dangerous lifestyle behind. I mean, they don't realize what they're getting themselves into. Stanley Price knows gang life all too well. A former member, he's watching what's unfolding in the Lower Mainland, trying to get a message to youth. The lifestyle is not everything it's cranked up to be. The people that are going to suck you into this lifestyle, they're going to glamorize it for you. But, it's, you know, it could cost you your life. I don't think any of these, these young kids realize that. You know, it's gonna, it, it'll affect your family. It'll affect, you know, you could ultimately lose your life. There have been 11 shootings in less than a month in busy parking lots, on neighborhood sidewalks, at the airport. It's a disturbing surge in violence. He asked the boy, what was he doing? The guys that think that you can't leave, it's possible, man. There's a life out there. You know, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm living a positive life now. Making the message from ex-gang members like Price. My thing was, I was looking for a sense of belonging. And Shanann Sharania, all the more timely. Now a mentor and coach who also works with Kids Play, Sharania left gang life around 2008. I realized that my internal beliefs, my internal values were not mine. They were picked up along the way. Beginning a journey of transformation from the inside out. It's part of the message he takes into schools now, empowering youth and giving advice to the adults in their lives. I've spoken to youth and they feel they're, they're being imposed upon a lot. Here's what's good, here's what's bad. Here's what's right, here's what's wrong. So we need to help them speak and make them the experts, but we'll also provide the resources to, to help them. Both Price and Sharania say building relationships is crucial. The younger, the better. Nadia Stewart, Global News. And most of the reckless acts of violence are playing out in public places and endangering the lives of innocent people, including those dining outdoors. Kristen Robinson has that part of the story. Weeks after Brothers Keepers gang member Harb Dollywall was gunned down in Cole Harbor steps from Cardero's patio... And days after rapid fire sent children and parents on a Burnaby Cactus Club patio running for cover before gangster Jazz Kiert Calcat's body was pulled from a bullet-riddled BMW. <laughs> Patios across Metro Vancouver are packed on a sunny Saturday. Industry and law enforcement experts say there's no reason to be gun-shy. If you feel uncomfortable, Perhaps don't go to that patio if it's full of a bunch of gangsters. We've literally dodged a bullet and all these things. It's been a very effective program. Ian Tostenson is talking about Restaurant Watch, a partnership with police launched in Vancouver 13 years ago after a series of gang hits at popular high-end eateries. The goal, to keep suspected gangsters out of dining establishments. If the person is known to have connections with uh, crime or drugs or those sorts of things, they're evicted. The idea was the first of its kind in North America and followed similar programs used in nightclubs across Canada. It actually did decrease the amount of violence uh, in bars and restaurants by a substantial amount, including homicides. Surrey has its own inadmissible patrons program, while several other cities have since adopted their own restaurant watch initiatives to keep the public safe.
We are in the middle of a gang war, so there are shootings happening. But restaurants are not a particularly high risk. They're after themselves, so what we have to be cautious of is that sort of collateral damage. Kristen Robinson, Global News. Dawson Creek RCMP are asking for your help as they investigate a murder. The body of 55-year-old Lance Wayne Patterson was found Sunday near Highway 2 and Clark Road in Pooscoopy. Patterson had recently moved to the area from the Lower Mainland. Police say he was known to drive a distinctive 2003 Black Mercury Marauder like this one here. They want to know what he was doing in the days leading up to his death. They're also investigating whether a fire that destroyed a 2002 White Pontiac Grand Am like this one is related to the homicide. Anyone with dash cam video or any other information is asked to call Dawson Creek RCMP or Crime Stoppers. In Surrey, a man was rushed to hospital this morning after being brutalized by someone with a pipe or a pipe-like object. RCMP say about 9 a.m. is when officers were called to the area of King George Boulevard and Colebrook Road when passing drivers had spotted the victim. He was found with a head injury. Police say he will survive. They add it appears there was some sort of dispute between groups of people, but officials don't think it's believed to be linked to the Metro Vancouver gang activity. Hundreds of residents of an apartment building in Surrey's Fleetwood neighborhood are homeless tonight after their home suddenly went up in flames overnight. Paul Johnson has that story. More than 12 hours later, three ladder trucks were still soaking hot spots in the wreckage in what firefighters say has been a stubborn fire. I was on the second floor in the back there watching the apartment burn. Rose watched from an adjacent building as the fire appeared to spread from the bottom to the top floor and then into the attic. The firemen tried so hard to get it, they just couldn't grasp it. It was popping up here, popping up over there. The Surrey Fire Department says they got the call around midnight. By that time, though, the fire was too dangerous to fight from the inside of the building. Alarms and sprinklers appear to have given all the residents in the 56 units here time to get out safely. The tragedy now is loss of homes and property and the prospect that the building is a complete write-off. It doesn't look good at this point. I'm not optimistic, but I haven't had a chance to evaluate that at all. We woke up to the fire alarm going off and we just grabbed the cats as quick as we could and got it out of there. Kai's home connects via underground parking to the building that burned. Smoke and water damage means he too is homeless for the time being. For tonight, we luck out. My parents live in Coquitlam. The building is part of a complex in Surrey's Fleetwood neighborhood called Abbey Road. It's a 20-year-old wood frame building of mostly owner-occupied condos. Firefighters will start investigating the cause as soon as it's safe to go inside. In Surrey, Paul Johnson, Global News. A tragic end to the search for a woman missing on Salt Spring Island. More than 100 searchers were deployed on the island looking for any sign of Seneca Gay Elliott. Sadly, RCMP say her body was found today. No word yet on a cause of death, but police don't believe foul play was involved. Two well-known Metro Vancouver protesters escaped jail time for their roles in the Nanaimo school squat two and a half years ago. 32-year-old Ting Chun Chen and 43-year-old Ivan Drury received conditional discharges for mischief this past week. Both will avoid criminal records if they complete 12 months probation. In October of 2018, Drury and Chen were among 27 activists who broke into the vacant Rutherford Elementary School in a protest against homelessness. The school district says the group 
group caused six figures worth of damage at the time, including holes in the roof and damaged walls. Drury and Chen were also ordered to pay $1,000 in restitution. After the break, a B.C. family's COVID nightmare. You really think, like, yeah, I'll be fine. It'll never be me. It'll never happen to my kids. And, and all of a sudden, it's your kid. How a teenage MISC survivor was hospitalized even after a negative COVID test and her message to all age groups. Plus, clearing the crowd why an RCMP helicopter was called in to disperse a large gathering in Vancouver on Friday night. The RCMP's Air One helicopter was deployed at about 10 o'clock last night, helping Vancouver police to disperse a large group of people who had gathered on the beach at English Bay. The VPD says there was at least one fight and two people were arrested. Officers dispersed the crowd and advised them that the beach was closed. Air One lit up the beach to encourage everyone to head back home. Remember that provincial restrictions limiting group sizes to no more than 10 are still in effect. And those 10 people should be the same 10 people that you normally hang out with. And on Vancouver Island, Saanich police are reminding beachgoers to follow COVID-19 rules and respect social distancing. Officers are expecting significant traffic at popular spots like Gyro and Willows Beaches. Beach fires, booze or cannabis are not permitted on Saanich parks and beaches. Well, right now, the push is on to get almost everybody over the age of 12 vaccinated against COVID-19. And adding her voice to the mass inoculation plea is a young woman from Maple Ridge who contracted a rare condition linked to COVID-19. Amadagahi reports. She doesn't carry a rabbit's foot, but Zoe Olson of Maple Ridge feels like the winner of an unfortunate lottery. A nightmare. <laughs> Awful. Not fun. The normally healthy, active, and cautious teenager came down with severe flu-like symptoms earlier this month. A trip to the ER and tests showed she had been infected with COVID many weeks ago, and it was her recovery that had caused the problem. When I got COVID, my antibodies fought it off, and they just never stopped. For like two months, they just kept beating me up. It's a rare condition linked to COVID called multi-system inflammatory syndrome for children, or MIS-C. It can be serious, and until May 1st, only 11 cases were seen in the province, ranging in children up to 15 years old. At 19, Zoe assumes she may be the first adult in BC with the condition. I guess you would say it's the parent's worst nightmare because she went to Royal Columbia and into the intensive care unit, and that's, you know, you don't have a lot of answers, and it's that serious, and you're, you're, you're kind of in the dark and it's a hard it's a hard hard thing after six days zoe was sent home from the hospital on strict medication with sometimes severe side effects her main concern now the future and uncertainty no one really knows what the long-term side effects for me are with my body because it's weird reaction she hopes her story brings more attention to miss c and urges more people to get vaccinated I just, if you can prevent this, then don't go through it. Don't get COVID if you don't have to. Imadagahi, Global News. A Nanaimo doctor is being honored today for his longtime work in drowning prevention. We are very pleased today to make the Canadian presentation of the King Edward VII Cup to a resident of Nanaimo, B.C. 
Dr. Steve Bierman receiving the prestigious award in a virtual ceremony presided by the Queen. The cup is presented every two years to recognize achievement in drowning prevention. The topic has been Bierman's work and passion for the last four decades. Globally, an estimated 235,000 people drown every year. The problem of drowning is, is, is a very much an international problem, isn't it? Uh, very much so, uh, Your Majesty. Um, so it's a very compelling um, and challenging issue, but it does have uh, significant inexpensive preventable uh, interventions, uh, which we are trying to share um, as widely as possible. And coming up, thousands took to the streets of Vancouver today. Are united today more than any other time in our history? The downtown core at a standstill as a rally stretches for several blocks, the latest on the intensifying conflict. That building provided the best vantage point for the world to see the events. As Israeli strikes hit media offices and homes drawing sharp criticism from press freedom advocates. Thousands marched through the streets of downtown Vancouver today to the U.S. consulate as the ongoing Middle East conflict sparked solidarity protests around the world. Demonstrators waving flags and carrying signs, pleading with leaders to help stop the violence. We have never seen every single second of something like this occurring before. And today, Palestinians stand in one voice for the struggle of the indigenous native people of this country. In the Middle East, Saturday marked the sixth straight day of attacks and citizens being killed. Israel, with its powerful military, continued its barrage of rocket strikes in Gaza, saying it's targeting known sites of the militant group Hamas. One of the buildings destroyed today, however, was home to regular citizens and international media outlets, drawing criticism from press freedom advocates, calling it an attempt to silence the story. Neither side seems interested in de-escalating the violence, putting more pressure on the inter national community. Here's Crystal Gamansing. It's not officially a war, but the images and the impacts are the same. Palestinians say at least 140 people, including 39 children, have been killed in Gaza since airstrikes began Monday. Tammy Jacoby is a professor with expertise in Arab-Israeli conflict. There's no middle ground, and so people are being radicalized, either anti-Israeli pro-Palestinian or pro-Israeli anti-Palestinian. That doesn't really help to de-escalate the situation. U.S. President Joe Biden has spoken to Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu and the president of the Palestinian Authority, Mahmoud Abbas. He's expressed support for both sides and finding a peaceful resolution to the conflict. But militant group Hamas controls Gaza, and it has fired roughly 2,000 rockets into Israel, killing residents. Canada's former ambassador to Israel says there will be no winners and no peace unless old land claims are set aside and new leaders chosen. Hamas is not interested in a two-state solution, so they're happy to have a Bibi Netanyahu and a very right-wing government in power in Israel because then they can point to the occupier and say that uh, there's no partner for peace. One high-rise building hit housed residents and international media, including the Associated Press. We were very thankful 
that we did not have a loss of life, but these were very disturbing developments. Israeli military officials gave the building's owner an hour's notice so it could be evacuated, saying it had information that Hamas had been using the site. AP is asking to see the evidence. Crystal Gamansen, Global News, London. Well, the CF-18 demonstration team is showing off this year's paint job. Take a look. The theme is Stronger at Home. The eagle represents vigilance, agility, and speed, as well as a tribute. Eight maple leaves make up the feathers, representing eight of nine Canadian Forces snowbirds, as in the Missing Man Formation. The ninth is missing in remembrance of all Canadians lost this year. The team is scheduled to perform in Abbotsford and Vanderhoof in August, but this is subject to change, of course, due to the pandemic. Well, the head of Canada's vaccine rollout is stepping aside pending the results of an investigation by military police. Major General Danny Fortin is off the job as of Friday night, but the Public Health Agency of Canada is not offering details about exactly how this affects the vaccination rollout plan. Here's Abigail Beeman. In a brief statement, the Department of National Defense says Major General Danny Fortin is stepping aside pending an investigation. And Global News has confirmed that investigation is in connection with a sexual misconduct allegation that predates his time as a general. Many Canadians will know Fortin. For the past six months, he's led the country's COVID-19 vaccine logistics and has been the face of the program at weekly briefings. Global News has confirmed the Canadian Forces National Investigation Service is leading the probe. That's the specialized unit of military police. Fortin is just the latest high-ranking official to face an investigation connected to sexual misconduct after allegations surfaced against former Chief of the Defence Staff General Jonathan Vance and his successor, Adam Admiral Art McDonald. Two weeks ago, the government appointed former Supreme Court Justice Louise Arbour to lead a review into military misconduct. The defense minister issued a statement Friday saying in part, he is committed to this lasting change, one that sheds toxic and outdated values, practices and policies. I am actually expecting things to keep coming up because we're in a time and place where people are feeling comfortable enough to uh, disclose and to share uh, their previous experiences. And this is also the time when the military and everyone is really focused on, you know, calling people out and really sort of presenting um, a, uh, a position where they're demonstrating that they are doing something about it. Global News reached Fortan by email. He did not wish to comment amid outstanding questions. What comes next in terms of the vaccine rollout as part of the government's biggest file? While the defense minister said the government remains focused on the rollout, the Public Health Agency of Canada wouldn't answer a series of questions about that, promising details on Monday. Abigail Beeman, Global News, Ottawa. In the U.S., a massive cargo ship that capsized off the coast of Georgia in 2019 has now caught fire. Dark plumes of smoke could be seen billowing in the air on Friday from what's left of the Golden Ray. Everyone who was working on or near the ship did manage to evacuate safely. Crews have been working on removing the ship since it capsized in September of 2019. <laughs> China landed a spacecraft on Mars this morning for the first time in the latest advance for its space program. Touchdown was just after 7 a.m. Beijing time. Plans call for a rover to stay in the lander for a few days to do tests before rolling down a ramp to explore an icy area of Mars. 
In Health Matters Now, a new study has found that it's generally safe and effective for heart disease patients to take low or regular dose aspirin. The unusual study had thousands of heart disease patients enroll themselves and track their health online as they took the low or regular strength aspirin. But the caveat is that researchers found participants had a strong preference for the lower dose, so it's unclear if the results can establish that the treatments are truly considered equivalent. Aspirin helps prevent blood clots, but it's not recommended for healthy people who have not developed heart disease because it carries a risk of bleeding. Doctors in Illinois have carried out what's believed to be the first COVID-to-COVID double lung transplant in the U.S. 68-year-old Renato Aquino was admitted to the hospital one year ago after experiencing shortness of breath. He was soon placed on a ventilator. His donor had mild symptoms of COVID-19 and had recovered, but later died from unrelated causes. Before the surgery, doctors at Northwestern Medicine tested the donor's lung fluid to be sure the body had cleared all traces of the novel coronavirus. Surgery took place in February and Quinio was discharged earlier this month. No one knows where that final number of coronavirus cases is going to end up with, but that's over a tenth of the United States population. So if we could, if we said no to those, those patients from being organ donors, that we're just not going to have enough um, organs to save lives. Thank you. I'm moving forward to normal life. I'm given a second chance and the lungs given. Coming up next, an early warning to pet owners, plus cat versus coyote. How this video landed the cat a job offer from Port Moody Police. Stay with us. You're watching Global News Hour at 6. It is only mid-May, but with the warmer weather, Victoria Police and Animal Control Officers are already issuing their annual reminder about how hot vehicles can lead to dogs in distress. This poodle, take a look, was rescued after it was found panting and yelping on Friday and hiding under the steering wheel for shade. Two other distressed dogs were found in a separate vehicle where, even with the windows cracked, the temperature inside was 47 degrees. The canine unit keeps their vehicles running when parked. All the trucks have vented kennels that allow air conditioning to run through, keeping their partners cool during the summer months. And a big win for a BC cat. Port Moody Police tweeting out this video with the caption, Cat 1, Coyote 0. Patrol officers recording the fast feline chasing a coyote at around 4 a.m. around a car and then out of a parking lot. The video prompted a Vancouver police officer to tweet, Can we borrow the cat for a few days? Hashtag Stanley Park Coyote. And an update to a heartwarming story we brought you earlier this week as soaring demand for a B.C. grandfather's handcrafted bowls doubles donations for sick kids in B.C. We'll have the numbers and details just ahead. But first, we've got meteorologist Yvonne Shell joining us now for a look at the forecast. And Yvonne, it looks like if anybody enjoyed today's <laughs> sunshine, we're in for good news tomorrow. Absolutely. It's a taste of summer this weekend and then a bit of a change on the way in the long range. And I'll outline more of what we're anticipating in the timeline in just a, mor- and just a moment. It's gorgeous out there, though. We've got uh, dry conditions as we get in towards this evening. Temperatures are currently sitting at 18 degrees away from the water, still into the low 20s. 
but it is going to be breezy, so keep that in mind. Areas closer to the water right now, we've got a westerly wind at 13 kilometers per hour. It's all about the numbers today. For the southern half of the Okanagan, pushing up to 30 degrees, that's the high. Lillooet up to 29, and areas near the central interior today, just topping out at 16 degrees. Overnight tonight, just a few clouds in the mix. We'll be down to 9 degrees in a similar weather picture for tomorrow, but we may still have a few more clouds in the mix. It'll be a mainly sunny sky, 18, and then away from the water, closer to 22 and 23 degrees. A few spots across the province, though, still seeing some wet weather, and that's along the northern half. We'll continue to see that rainfall on and off, and then it is going to intensify for the central interior through the day tomorrow. So a heads up, not all areas are basking in sunshine, and we'll see that rain continuing. The northern tip of Vancouver Island may get clipped by a chance for some rainfall, and then across the central interior, it's going to intensify through the afternoon with heavier rainfall and continuing into the early evening hours. Areas towards the south of it, though, the big change on the way will be for our Monday. We've been tracking a ridge of high pressure over the weekend. That's been the dominant feature. It is going to weaken, and then that ridge, as we see it weaken, will start to bring in a number of systems. It's going to be cooler starting as early as Monday along the south coast and with the return for some wet weather. So heads up, a bit of a change on the way. Now, the northern half of the province will still be seeing that chance for some showers easing off towards the afternoon. Bit of active weather for the northeastern corners. Fort Nelson could even see that risk of a thunderstorm. The rain's going to intensify through the day across the central interior and a cooler one with highs up to 15. Still another hot day, though, for the southern interior areas towards the south. We'll see that range even up to 30 degrees for a few spots. Whistler tomorrow underneath a partly cloudy sky. 24 is the high. It's really the northern tip of the island that will be seeing that cloud cover and a chance of showers. If you're into the sunshine, get out and enjoy tomorrow. We still have that and temperatures will be up to 23 degrees. And then on Monday, we'll start to see that change with cooler temperatures on and off showers tomorrow. Temperatures still up to 18. Nithu? It'll be refreshing by then. You Thanks, bet. Yvonne. Well, an 80-year-old Vancouver man has now raised more than $40,000 for kids battling cancer in B.C. with his handcrafted wooden bowls. Nirmal Singh Bogal turned his passion for woodwork into a grassroots fundraising effort for the B.C. Children's Hospital Foundation. It was initially a pastime in place of his usual community volunteer shifts, which have been cancelled due to the pandemic. His family helps him run an Instagram page where people from around the world have been ordering after making a donation. He's accepting donated wood and covering the costs of supplies to ensure all funds raised go to the oncology department. A single bowl can take a full day to make and demand has soared since we ran his store on Wednesday, leading to now a four-month backlog of orders. The family says it's a good problem to have. Got to get on that list very quickly. Exactly. Got to sign up fast. Someone's <laughs> going to be in their garage a lot this summer. No yes. kidding, but I'm sure he enjoys every minute of it. Uh, all right, Barry, what do you have coming up for us in sports today? Uh, well, the Canucks played on the day that the Stanley Cup playoffs opened, and he went, great, they're in the playoffs. But this year, of course, we know that's different. For the first time ever, the regular season and playoffs are being played on the same day because the Canucks, of course, are playing catch-up when they uh, had their uh, COVID issues there. So they did play and they won, which sounds good, but it just kind of hurts their draft position. So we'll have uh, that all coming up later in sports. We'll hold on to some hope. Quick question for both of you. Do you read hard copy books or do you read via e-readers? Both, but okay. I still like a hard copy. Okay. Yeah, comic books count as hard. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. We'll take it. Interesting insight leading into our next story. We'll talk about outliving the digital age. It's cool to have something that's going to last and be around longer than your latest device. How reverse digitization is keeping retailers from shelving their books. 
Stay with us. We want to get BC moving. Move with us each day in May for the 2021 Workout to Conquer Cancer benefiting BC Cancer Foundation. No matter where you are, we can all move to feel good and support cancer patients in BC. Amazon's Kindle e-reader launched in late 2007. It sold out immediately and the publishing world braced for an upset. But it turns out nearly 15 years later, the tech takeover of books didn't go as expected, especially during the pandemic. There's just something about flipping through the pages. I love reading books. I love I like smelling the books. That's keeping a centuries-old pastime tangible. There's no electricity involved. It's just it's just exactly what it is. You know, if you drop it, it's not going to be destroyed. The launch of e-readers and the digital downloads they enabled brought pageless reading to the masses and a threat to the publishing industry. But more than a decade later, many consumers still prefer print. Obviously, we're exhausted by screens. We're staring at them all the whole day. Uh, we're on Zoom calls. We're on FaceTimes. We're on all this screen-oriented stuff. So maybe it's nice to uh, to look at a physical book once in a while. A recent study shows ebook sales are still trailing paper book sales globally, a gap that widened during the darkest days of the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm often on my device, so I don't want to be on my device even more. Leading to a trend of reverse digitization that keeps customers flowing into independent retailers like Hollywood's Iliad Bookstore. Been in business now for about almost 34 years. Where owner Dan Weinstein says even readers in the most screen-dependent generations are turning away from their tablets. Our customers are staying young, so young people are reading books as well. It's not like it's only us old fogies. In fact, it's boomers that make up the largest ebook market share at 20%, and younger people perhaps growing tired of the temporary and subscription-based business model. It's cool to have something that's going to last and be around longer than your latest device. Showing we're not quite ready to shelve the analog reading experience. Liz McLaughlin, NBC News. Coming up, making MMA history. The reign of gold begins for Arjun Bullock. We hear from the former Fraser Valley wrestling coach who's captured a world championship title. Barry's back with sports next. Join Global BC as we gene up this May to support BC Children's Hospital Foundation. Grab those jeans, post that pic, and donate at geneup.ca. And let's help BC kids get out of their hospital gowns and back. Tune into Global BC for the 2021 Courage to Come Back Awards show presented by Wheaton Precious Metals. On May 29th at 5 p.m., join host Corey Hirsch for the show celebrating the inspiring journeys of five recipients who have beaten overwhelming odds and have come back to give back. BC Cancer Foundation's Workout to Conquer Cancer invites you to get your body moving every day in May, no matter where you are, in support of BC Cancer patients across the province. Register for this accessible challenge at workouttoconquercancer.ca. For RBC, I'm Michael Newman. Tower BC is brought to you in part by Canada Day at Canada Place. Submit a photo showing your Canadian spirit to be featured. Celebrate Canada together with Global BC. All right, Barry's back with sports. An exciting day for MMA fans and the South Asian community, Barry. Yeah, we're just going to give a heads up. We're going to have a story on Arjun Buller in just a moment. But if uh, MMA is not your thing, if you haven't seen it before, it is violent. Mm -hmm. So when we get to that... If it's not your cup of tea, you might just want to turn away for a minute or so. Then join me back because I need your eyes to watch. <laughs> All right, thanks very much, Neithu. The uh, NHL playoffs officially begun tonight, and the Canucks are still playing. Now, in every other year except 2021, that would mean they were in 
the Stanley Cup tournament, but instead they are playing out the string due to their COVID outbreak. Four games in five days, three against the Flames, and this afternoon against the playoff-bound Oilers in Edmonton. Thatcher Demko loves playing in Edmonton. That's where he was in the bubble last year in that stellar performance against Vegas. He was in that kind of form today. Early first, Canucks on the power play. Leon Dreisaitl, shorthanded breakaway. Demko shuts him down. Evan Bouchard then will wire the slapper deflected off a Canuck, but Demko flashes the glove. A fantastic save. Now, the Oilers uh, do break through later on in the first. Connor McDavid didn't play a whole lot in this game, but he does tee it up for Adam Larson. His screen blast uh, finds its way in. 105th point of the year for McDavid. 1-0 Oilers after one. Second period, Edmonton power play, but it's the Canucks 2-on-1 shorthanded. Tanner Pearson to Bo Horvat. That's a great play. It's a beautiful pass by Pearson. Nice finish for Bo. His 18th tied it at one. Later in the second Oiler power play, Alex Chase on. How does that not go in? Now, they didn't have an overhead view of this. That's close. It looked like it didn't quite cross the line. They did review it in the Toronto said no goal. And then another incredible save off Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Demko stealing a handful of goals from the Oilers today. And they weren't done. Connor McDavid on the breakaway. It's money. But Demko outweights him. McDavid's scored a lot on that move this year, but not this time. Oilers missed all the chances, and then the Canucks on the attack. It's Matthew Highmore going high glove on Miko Koskinen. Highmore's second goal in two games. 2-1 Canucks, 16 seconds later. Travis Boyd off the turnover. He snaps it high glove. I think we know the scouting report on Koskinen. 3-1 Vancouver, and then it's Highmore again. This uh, is an ugly one. Koskinen actually scores on himself. Canucks win this one by the final of 4-1. Oilers get ready for the playoffs next Wednesday versus the Jets. The Canucks actually tumble in the draft lottery with every win, but don't tell them that. They like the 4-1 victory. But we want to win every time we're on the ice. You know, there's no point in um, showing up to the rink and just going out there and, you know, giving a, a half effort. You know, you want to... Uh, you know, we're all competitors. We all have pride in, in the organization and in ourselves. And, um, you know, if you're not going to give 100%, you're just letting the guy next to you down. Yeah, we want to finish the year strong. I mean, I think, um, you know, we want to finish the year on a high and and win these last three games and and, uh, and build for next year. Um, you know, we, obviously, we want to, our mindset going into every single game is, is to win. And, you know, that's going to continue for these last three games. 2021 Stanley Cup playoffs officially faced off tonight in Washington. Zdeno Chara and the Caps taking on his former team, the Bruins. Caps get the jump off the rush. Tom Wilson going top shelf on Tuka Rask. 1-0 Washington. Later in the period, Bruins will win the draw. And Jake DeBrusque fires it past Caps rookie Vitek Vanacek. Vanacek's Stanley Cup debut did not last long. He hurt his groin on the play, had to leave. Former Ottawa Senator veteran Craig Anderson comes in. He's 39 years old now although young compared to Chara. Second period, series Brendan Dillon with the shot. Looks like Ovechkin tipped it. Ashley went in off of Bruin. It's Dillon's goal. Uh, 2-2 right now in the third. Arjun Buller has been on a mission to make history. The MMA fighter from Richmond was making a name for himself in the UFC when he decided to bet on himself and leave the UFC for another MMA organization called One Championship. Today, that bet paid off as Buller fought for the heavyweight title in Singapore. Chance to make history tonight to become India's first ever heavyweight world champion. 
34-year-old Arjun Singh Buller meeting Brandon the Truth Vera, the champ for the last five and a half years. Buller's a world-class wrestler, but he's really working on his striking skills the last few years. Vera likes to throw, but Buller met him punch for punch, hurts him here in the second, and then smothered his opponent after that. A lot of ground and pound. The referee steps in, stops it in the second round. Buller becoming the one heavyweight champion of the world via the second round TKO, the first Indian MMA champion. Unbelievable, man. Unbelievable. Just surreal. Um, just blast out. You visualize it. You plan for it. You train for it. But when it happens, there's no feeling like it. And um, champ, that's for life. That stays, baby. It was really a lifetime of work. And the goal's always been to be a world champion. And that's what this means. Um, it, it's, a, it's a great, great feeling for my family, for myself, for my community, uh, for BC. Uh, for Richmond, born and raised. Oh, man, it's awesome. Good for him. FA Cup from Wembley Stadium, Chelsea and Leicester City. Fifth appearance in the FA Cup final for Leicester. Foxes had yet to taste a victory. 63rd minute, a glorious strike from Yuri Tielemans, smashing it to the top corner from distance. 1-0 no Leicester City. 89th minute, Chelsea pressing for the equalizer. Storm the box, and the ball finds its way into the back of the net. But hang on. After a VAR review, video-assisted referee, the goal called off. Top of the screen, it's offside. Stunning disbelief for Chelsea. Leicester hangs on, claims its first ever FA Cup. 1-0 the final over Chelsea. 146th Preakness from Baltimore. Kentucky Derby winner Medina Spirit uh, in the field after passing three drug tests this week. His Derby win still in doubt after testing positive for a banned anti-inflammatory. But while that gets sorted out, he raced today looking for the second jewel of the Triple Crown. The 2020 Basketball Hall of Fame induction ceremonies were held tonight, delayed a year because of COVID pandemic. Among those going in, Spurs great Tim Duncan, Celtics and Timberwolves center Kevin Garnett, KG as they call him, and WNBA star Tamika Catchings. But the biggest name, of course, the late great Kobe Bryant and his wife Vanessa accepted his award and made the speech. I remember asking him why he couldn't just sit a game out because he was hurting. He said, what about the fans that saved up to watch me play just once? He never forgot about his fans. If he could help it, he would play every minute of every game. He loved you all so much. Baseball tonight, Phillies and Blue Jays from Dunedin, bottom of the first. Vladdy Guerrero Jr. homered yesterday, does it again today. A rope to right center. His 10th home run of the season gets the Jays in front and updated score 3-0 Toronto now in the sixth. And we'll show you some golf, third round of the AT&T. Byron Nelson near Dallas, Texas. Dallas's own Jordan Spieth, 18th hole from off the green, rolls in. The eagle putt, Spieth is in third, 17 under par, three shots behind leader Sam Burns, merits Roger Sloan, tied 18th at 13 under. Neetu, that is sports. All right, thanks so much, Barry. And coming up, we'll show you the cute surprise in the grass as an Edmonton man was mowing his lawn. Stay with us. 
my mom. My wife. Our grandpa. For myself. This May, walk your own way for the IG Wealth Management Walk for Alzheimer's. To support people affected by dementia, register at walkforalzheimers.ca. Proudly supported by Global BC. Need to be answered here. This was a high risk, high reward strategy. So we wanted to set the record straight. How do you grow as a human being if you're not going to open your ears and listen? Well, an Edmonton man will be extra careful every time he does yard work after a recent discovery. Mike Hubrecht was mowing his lawn when he noticed a gray spot on the ground. He went over to investigate and was in for a pretty cute surprise. Couldn't figure out what it is, and as I lean in more, I, sure enough, there's this teeny tiny bunny. It didn't flinch, nothing. It wasn't moving. It was, uh, I was surprised. Like, it's a good thing I stopped. Mike says as soon as he discovered the bunny, he took a video and left the patch of grass alone. Good idea. Good eyes. Yeah, very good eyes. <laughs> no kidding. Producer Annie was saying it looked like a leaf at first. Yeah, I'm surprised he caught it. I think yeah. that's a bunny. <laughs> no kidding. Maybe he thought no one could see him. Exactly. Bunnies do think that, that no one can see them. They yeah. tend to do so. Well, it is a gorgeous day out there to get some outdoor yard work done, Yvonne? Absolutely. It'll continue for tomorrow if you do want to get that in. Uh, final look at your five-day forecast. Still breezy, though, by the water. Something to keep in mind, but temperatures uh, anywhere between 18 away from the water will be up to 23 degrees. And then we are going to see a bit of a change on the way for next week. It'll be cooler. We've got some on and off showers, and then hopefully it'll rebound once again to more summer-like conditions. All right, don't put any of your layers away just yep. yet. Keep it all out. <laughs> all right, thanks so much for joining us, everybody. Enjoy the rest of your Saturday. We'll see you back here tomorrow.